Welcome to The Creative Cast. I'm your host, Tammy Munson, podcast producer, coach, and CEO of Wildfire Creative. Are you struggling to grow and monetize your podcast? Want to learn more about starting your own podcast? Are you looking for the secrets behind the business side of podcasting? Well, friends, you are in the right place. Here on The Creative Cast, I'm going to be sharing all the tips and tricks on all things podcasting for the faith-based podcaster. Each episode is going to contain powerful information to help you get started with your own podcast, learn the secrets of building a business, and of course, growing and monetizing your podcast. All right, y'all, without further ado, let's get started. Hey, friends, welcome to the Creative Cast. I, of course, am your host, Tammy Munson, and I am so glad that you are here with me again this week. But I want to start off this episode a little bit different than I normally do, especially since September 11th was yesterday. And I just wanted to take a moment to reflect on that. Now, for those of us that were around then, We can never forget where we were or what we were doing that day. In fact, I remember I had just put my older daughter, Kirsten, on the bus for her preschool, and I was very pregnant with my younger daughter, Rebecca, who was actually born a little over a month later. And I remember watching the news with fear and just thinking about what our lives would be like now. What would the future hold for us? Well, it's now been over two decades since the terrorist attacks on the World Trade Center, the Pentagon, and the crash of Flight 93, where only the courage of the crew and the passengers probably prevented an even deadlier attack. For most, it's a day that's impossible to forget. In many ways, 9-11 shaped how we think of war peace, our own personal safety, and our fellow citizens. Sorry for the somber beginning of the episode, but it really was on my heart to share that today. Now, okay, so let's talk about something that truly makes me happy. Systems! (laughs) But the truth is, I used to hate systems. And I thought, how can I even begin to think about using those? They're going to stifle my creativity. But after I started gaining multiple clients, it was a real challenge to keep all the proverbial balls in the air between the brain fog from my post-COVID diagnosis and, of course, being someone with diagnosed ADD. Then I started working with my business coach and friend, Allie Worthington. And then I hired another good friend and sister in Christ, Ashley Foy who happened to be a systems expert. Now, both of these ladies are absolutely amazing and have literally and figuratively changed my life and my business with systems. And now that Wildfire Creative has multiple team members and many production clients and coaching clients, I even produce a weekly show of my own, there is no way I could function without systems and automation. I say all the time, if it's not in ClickUp, it's not getting done, (laughs) y'all. I mean, managing a weekly podcast 
and the workflow that goes along with that is enough to be a full-time job in and of itself. I know that y'all that produce weekly shows know exactly what I'm talking about. A lot of things can easily get missed. And this is what we're going to be talking about today, systems. When a podcaster does not have a workflow with systems that tackle each part of launching a new episode each week and utilizing things like automation, Calendly or Dubsado, these are not an optional thing. They're an absolute must. Whenever I start talking about this with clients, I get a lot of questions like, what does your setup look like? Well, happy to answer that. I have specific days for different tasks that go into my Google Calendar. Now, I really am a paper calendar girl at heart, but I need audible reminders and alarms to keep me on task. I just can't get that with the paper calendar, but everything goes into Google Calendar or the calendar within ClickUp. For example, on Thursdays, I have meeting with clients, I do discovery calls, or I meet with my team. We have a weekly staff meeting and we go over all the things so that nothing gets missed. Now, Wednesdays are for interview days or CEO tasks that I need to get done, or even marketing and planning for the marketing. Now, Mondays and Tuesdays are generally for editing and editing approvals for clients. And Fridays, honestly, are whatever I want them to be, whether it's something that I need to work on, a project that we're launching, or even if it's just I want to take the day and spend it with friends or family. This allows me so much flexibility in my schedule. For example, just a week ago, I didn't work on a Friday. I went to the Minnesota State Fair with my husband and had a wonderful, wonderful time with him and other members of our family. But it was that flexibility that allowed me to do that. Now, one of the things I do do is I usually batch record either in the evenings or on a Saturday afternoon or a Sunday when it's quiet. And there's no emails, there's no phone calls, there's no meetings in Zoom or Riverside. Most weeks, I only work four days a week. Now that makes Mondays and Tuesdays very long days. However, I set up my business that way because that's what works best for me and allows flexibility when my chronic illness gets to the best of me and I need a break or I'm fatigued or my heart rate is high or I have a doctor's appointment. Doesn't matter. I've purposely built this into my schedule. And so each day I can schedule in time for rest so that I can perform at my absolute best as a producer, editor, coach, mom, wife, friend, whatever title you want to throw in there. (laughs) So how do you create a workflow for your podcast? Well, part of this depends on frequency. So let's take a look at what goes into planning for a weekly podcast, and then we can kind of go from there. You can amend it to whatever the frequency that you're publishing on. Now, if you're struggling to produce amazing content weekly, and if are you wondering whether having a podcast workflow will help you, it's absolutely going to help you stay consistent and make sure that you're getting all the things done. Because producing a podcast is really like For me, and my opinion is that it's unlike any other form of content because it has so many moving parts. A video is a video. You just record that video. Maybe you do some editing. You add some things on the front end and the background and 
but it's generally a one and done kind of thing. Podcasts are so many different steps that you need to go into. And the process can quickly overwhelm anyone, particularly if you're not organized. So this is where this podcast workflow comes into play. It helps you get organized and it helps you think about all the steps. Because having that defined process laid out is going to help you juggle all the various pieces of producing a show so that your content remains high quality and that you don't give up and fall into pod fade. Now, what exactly is a podcast workflow? Well, it's a process that documents every step like a checklist so that nothing gets forgotten. Over time, your workflow is going to improve your productivity. And along with that, the quality of your episodes. The more you do it, the better you get at it, right? Practice creates improvement. Now, depending on the frequency and the type of podcast you have, your workflow could be very different. The one thing I can tell you, that all successful podcasters have some type of workflow that helps them stay consistent or at least their team does. So you don't necessarily need to have the production workflow ready first day that you publish your first episode. But the sooner you get one, the better off you're going to be. Because like I said, it helps you stay on track. It helps you be organized so you don't miss anything important. And this is especially true when you first started. Now, when you have been doing a good number of them, let's just say, you know, you're in episode 20, you know exactly what you need and you're going to be less likely to forget it then. But before we jump into creating your workflow, let's talk about a few of the benefits on why you need it. So the first thing is that, well, it creates efficiency. It's going to streamline your entire production process to help you minimize errors, cut out unnecessary time delays, and increase your efficiency. You're going to be able to lay out each process and each step in the most efficient order. And as you do this time after time after time, the total time it's going to take to create a new episode is going to lessen so that you can really move on to the next episode and spend more time marketing and promoting your show. Additionally, this workflow document that basically you're going to create lets you work on pieces of multiple episodes at one time. So you'll be able to look ahead and complete future episodes without really becoming disorganized. And that's kind of what we do. As I'm recording this episode, the episode previously is getting ready to be published tomorrow. Next week's episode is already written. I have to record it. Now I'll have guests in the future and those guests are already scheduled. We have an interview date and we're already starting to work on that. So as you can see, there's multiple things happening, but we can keep these all going in the right direction and all the balls are staying up in the air because we have this workflow. We have this calendar of what episodes are going when, who are we going to have on those episodes if we have a guest on this show. We don't always have a guest. But we have episodes planned out all the way through January 23rd of next year. This again, this is going to help us stay on track with all the things that we need to do. The other thing is having a standardized workflow gives you something to become better at. Because the more you follow your workflow, 
each and every week or whatever the frequency is, you're going to get faster at it because you know it so well. It's part of your routine. It just naturally happens. The other thing that a workflow creates is if you're looking to outsource, it helps you identify what you can outsource. And this isn't just for podcasting. This could be for different aspects of your business, especially if you're thinking about adding a virtual assistant, or maybe you're thinking about adding an editor, because most podcasters start out with a bootstrapping mentality. But there's no shame, there's no guilt, there's nothing in outsourcing some components of your podcast workflow. In fact, I generally recommend that as a podcast coach. Not that you have to do it with me. For example, if you're not very good at editing your episode and it's taking you hours to do, you can outsource just the editing portion of it, where it may take someone an hour and a half to edit your episode that would normally take you three hours to do. And not that you necessarily have to have to hire us at Wildfire to do that for you, although we would absolutely love to. There's lots of great editors out there that will just literally edit the audio for you. And that's all that they do. Because as you're developing this workflow and you're breaking down each step, you'll see what can be delegated to other people or services. And this can further speed up the overall process of producing your episodes. Now, like I said, Not a fan of editing, Wildfire has a done-for-you podcast editing and production service that can help you reduce that editing over time. Shameless plug, I know, but it is what it is. After all, it's what we do. Now, the other thing with developing a workflow is that you can maintain that consistency that we want to have each and every week that your audience is expecting of you and prevent unnecessary pod fade. Because with the right podcast workflow, you're going to work not only more productively, but more consistently. You'll work through your tasks reasonably and publish episodes on time, if not ahead of, way ahead of schedule. But more importantly, it's the quality of those episodes that are going to be consistent because you're always doing the same thing. That routine gets in there. For example, let's say your podcast workflow calls for 10 social media posts per episode, because as a longer form of content, we can break that down into much smaller pieces of content, audiograms, text-based graphics, whatever you choose to do. So every episode will be sufficiently promoted as long as you stick to that workflow. You're going to have those 20 social media posts every week. You're going to promote it like the way that you choose to promote it. Now, let's say something's not working. You're like, I just can't do the 20. I can't afford to hire anybody, but I know I can do 10. Well, then change that part of it. All you got to do is simply edit the documentation. And then every subsequent episode will receive that change. It's your podcast. You can do whatever you want to do. And your workflow is the same thing. So how do you create a podcast workflow? Well, first, I want you to remember that designing a workflow isn't complicated, and it doesn't need to be some super complicated system. You already know what needs to be done if you're already producing episodes. If you're in the launch mode, you're going to develop that over time. So the first thing that you need to do is to organize what you know what already needs to be done 
and then streamline it. So let's go through the steps. So the first thing you're going to want to do is list all the steps of your workflow. And we're going to focus on the major tasks. I would recommend kind of the following for a weekly interview-based show. Because the majority of people, that's generally what they do. Your first step is, what's your episode topic going to be? Now, you can do this, and you should do this, weeks in advance. In fact, this step and the next two steps should be done in advance. Research your guests. Then you go ahead and schedule the interviews for those guests. Prepare your, get ready for your recording. Conduct your interview. Record your intros and outros. Then it goes for editing, social media graphic creation, audiogram creation, publishing, and promotion, right? That's basically the overall flow of production. Now, your workflow may look a little bit different than this, depending on the, on the format that you're using. A solo, you might be able to record your entire season before you get to editing. It just depends on what works for you. It, again, if you're, not, if you're doing a solo episode, you're not going to need the guest research and the scheduling and the interviewing steps, but you get the general idea. So now that you have your master list of tasks, you're going to break those down into subtasks. And as you do that, you're going to think of everything you can possibly think of. So let's just, for an example, let's look at interview prep. So in this step, you're going to follow them on social media, read their blog, maybe check out their newsletter. Then you're going to prepare some questions for them related to the topic and send them to the guests. Ask them, hey, do you have anything you want to promote? Is there a course or a book or something specific, a, a specific service that they want to promote on the show? Send them, their, send them the link to the automation that they can schedule the time at their convenience. And then the next step, ultimately, when you're getting close to that, confirm the link and where you are recording at, whether it's Riverside or Zoom. And that's the preparation time. While none of these tasks are particularly difficult, there are several different points. And some things may stop you in your flow. But by documenting the workflow, it's going to ensure that you don't forget any of these things. And as you work on producing an episode, you may think of more tasks to add to this list. Now, the next step, you're going to put this into your project manager. Because once you have this big outline of what needs to be done, you're going to want to keep it organized in a project manager. Now, there are several options for this. There is Asana, there is Basecamp, there is Trello. My absolute favorite is ClickUp. I know that is not everybody's cup of tea, and that's okay. But one of the reasons I like ClickUp is because you can really customize, and it works with the way that my brain works, ClickUp also has a podcast template that is all ready to go, which will help you also create your workflow. And then you can tweak it as needed. And Asana and Trello and some of the other ones may have this as well. Now, step four, you want to automate as much as you can. So when I was talking about breaking down all the steps for the prep for your interview, I mentioned that you can send out the link that they can schedule. That that's an automation that, that I highly recommend. So once you know exactly what to do for each episode, I really, really recommend automating as much as you can because every task that you can automate represents more time to devote to your content, your marketing, 
your promotion, or just other things in your business that require your attention. For example, coordinating with guests is always challenging. I don't care who you are. Everyone has their own schedules to work around. So instead of that back and forth, when's a good time for you? Oh, well, I can't do it this day and I can't do it this day, but I can do it this day. Skip all that stuff and use a tool like Calendly. And so if you're not familiar with it, it's this app that allows your guests or anyone you meet with, it doesn't actually have to be just for your podcast interview meetings, regular meetings, discovery calls, whatever you want to use it for. They can go into it, pick a time that works with their schedule and yours, fill out the information, and it automatically adds it to your calendar as well as theirs. Now at Wildfire and for the Creative Cast podcast, we use Dubsado. And it has a, a feature very similar to Calendly. If you've ever scheduled a discovery call or a meeting with me, you've used Dubsado. And we primarily use that over Calendly because it works with our invoicing system. So it's a better automation process for us when we're scheduling client-related appointments, things that we may need to charge for, et cetera. The next step is... If you can delegate it or outsource it, do it. (laughs) It's just that simple. Because as you develop your workflow, you're going to naturally see things that don't have to be completed by you. Maybe you can send it to your virtual assistant or an editor. Or if you don't want to write show notes, there are people who literally just write show notes. We have two people on our team that that's a big part of what they do. They write show notes. So for some podcasters, whether they're not naturally good at it or they just don't want to do it, you can outsource that one thing, which frees up time for you to do the things that only you can do. Because once you do the creative part or the part that requires your expertise, the other stuff that somebody else could take over, why not give it to them to do? So for example, I'm going to share a little secret with y'all. Don't tell anybody. (laughs) But here's the secret. I do not edit my own podcast. Yep, absolutely 100% true. Because here's the deal. I don't like listening to myself. I do not enjoy editing myself. (laughs) So I have one of our associate editors here at Wildfire take care of that. Now, I write the script for it. I do the recording. But once that part is done, I send it off. Alex edits it. He edits out the mistakes. I give it one final listen, make any necessary edits that I choose to make for content purposes. Then boom, scheduled for publishing, done. And that's just one example. Let's look at social media, for example. Of course, when promoting your podcast, your Posting multiple pieces of social media content for each episode. Pro tip, if you're not, I recommend that you get started doing that to grow your audience. You may be the one to make the content, but you don't have to be the one that schedules it. Your VA can do that or an assistant. It might be easier for you to produce all the content in a Google Doc and then have someone else on your team or someone you hire specifically to publish this. Because 
don't be afraid to outsource anything you aren't good at. For example, I hear a lot of of my coaching clients say, I'm just not very good at social media. I don't enjoy it. I don't like doing it. I really struggle with that. Y'all, there are many super talented social media managers who will manage the whole entire process for you. From writing it to designing graphics and all you have to do is sign off on it. Of course, it comes at a cost. And if you can afford to do that, it's definitely worth it. And if you can't afford to do that, start off small with it, whatever that step may be. And as you build your podcast workflow, make sure to design a workflow that works for you and makes your life easier so you can focus on creating that amazing content, that amazing message that I know that each and every one of you have within you so that you can grow your audience, your expertise, and even build that community. Now, recommendations. This week, I have a little bit different recommendation this week. And it's for all of those who want to be a coach, whether it's a health coach, life coach, business coach, chronic illness coach, whatever type of coach you want to be, or maybe you already are a coach, or heck, maybe you're thinking about starting a business or upping your game for the current business. As I mentioned earlier in the show about my business coach, Allie Worthington. Allie and I have been friends for years, but she has been my business coach for the last two years and has literally turned my business around. Like she's got me loving systems and thinking they're sexy and not being able to live without one. Allie has an amazing program called the Coach School. And it's a 12-week program that includes videos, small group masterminds, mentors, all the things. And Allie trains you on the business of being a coach. There's lots of amazing coaching programs out there that could teach you how to coach in the area that you want. But the one thing they don't do is to teach you how to run a business as a coach or just how to run a business, period. Over the 12 weeks in this program, she helps you build a highly successful coaching practice or a business. Now, I personally have been through her program and y'all, it is the real deal. It literally turned my business around and helped me to grow my podcast and coaching business. So the coach school starts September 19th. Go ahead, sign up. Tell Allie that I sent you and I will put the link in the show notes for you. Next week's episode is all about how to level up your influence and authority. I am not big on some of the quote unquote social media influencers that are out there, but I do think that we all have the power to influence and to share our authority and expertise. So whether you want to improve your authority among potential clients, within your podcasts, you want to start speaking at conferences, or even publishing your own book, the first thing you need to do is build your overall authority and influence. And so we're going to get into all of that next week. Now, I also have a quick favor to ask. If you like this episode, would you please just share it with two friends? That's all. Easy peasy. Now, ladies, 
I say this all the time, and I believe it with every fiber of my being. I believe in you. I think that the inexperience and the overwhelm and the intimidating tech should not prevent you from accomplishing your goals, whatever they may be, whatever God has called you to. So let's walk through this journey together so that you can spend less time thinking about all the details and more time spreading your message, sharing your creativity, and being obedient to the calling that God has placed on your life. I hope that you have a great day. I hope this episode was helpful for you. And I'll talk to you next Monday. Bye, y'all.